Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And we are hanging out this week with Paul Lacey, who's the co-founder of a web agency called Dickie Birds Studio, who specializes in UX design and WordPress design development and consultancy. They do direct client work, agency partnerships, also known as white labels. Uh, and some of their clients include Jaguar Land Rover, Generate Press, Beaver Builder, the Church of England, and a lot of other folks through their uh, freelance and white label partnerships. Uh, <laughs> Paul also holds a Guinness World Record, which I plan on asking him uh, in what what is this Guinness World Record. So we'll talk about that. Uh, but Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. So what's your world record? Oh, uh, you wanted to know that first. Okay, so um, do you know what? So it's pretty impressive. Um, a couple of years ago, one of our clients, it was a university, um, they decided to try to do a world record attempt, and um, it was to have the most people in the same spot wearing a Christmas jumper. So, you know, a Christmas sweater, you know, so a red jumper with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on or something like that. So we were there just for a client meeting. And uh, before the client meeting, our client said, when you turn up, uh, bring your Christmas jumper. So we did. And we were part of the uh, part of the world record. I've got the certificate and everything. So pretty impressive, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am just, you know, maybe there's a whole other episode someday on uh, what types of world records are available to one. I did not know that that was uh, that was even a thing. But congratulations on that. That's uh, that's something that uh, uh, definitely is is part of going to be part of your legacy forever. You know, that's that's it cool. Is. It's probably one of my proudest achievements, quite <laughs> honestly. So. Um, Nobody can take that away from me. <laughs> so, uh, Paul, paint us a quick picture of uh, Dickie Bird's studio, uh, where you guys are at right now today. Okay, so where we're at today, 
We actually um, go back 10 years. We formed back in 2008. Uh, my business partner, Peter Wesselowski. Um, this is why we call Dicky Birds, by the way, because when we were when we founded our, our agency, it was just the two of us. It was Peter and Paul. So I don't know if you know the, the nursery rhyme, um, two little Dicky Birds, one named Peter, one named Paul. So that's, that's as creative a name we could come up with at the time, but it's stuck over the years. So we uh, so yeah we formed back in 2008 and we um, ran as pretty much a pure white label agency for about seven years. Uh, we then um, hit a point which we can probably talk about um, a little bit later where we decided well I decided anyway to um, to put our Dicky Bears agency on hiatus for a while. So we had a hiatus for about two and a half years and um, and then we, uh, through various uh, various adventures and, and journey through the entrepreneurial life, we decided to reform our agency, Dicky Birds, um, back in January this year. It was well, actually we decided to reform it in November, uh, but we actually reformed it officially in January. So, in fact, the new version of Dicky Birds has only been running since for you know six months. Um, the main difference between what we did then and what we did now is we, um, during that hiatus, myself and Peter went off and got various new skills and whatnot and, and, and kind of learned new things. Uh, Peter is a really kind of well-respected uh, designer in UX and UI. So we brought that into the agency as a, as a service, which um, is, is something that's kind of given us a really good kind of boost on some of the things that we can do with the other side of our business, which is my side which is the WordPress web solutions for businesses and also the white label stuff. So what we're trying to do right now really is, is evolve as we all need to do at the moment. You know, the world's changing. You can't, it's difficult to just offer a web design as a service these days. So we're trying to boost what we offer as a WordPress service with the UX stuff, which has kind of led to kind of funnels and additional services and email marketing, all that kind of stuff that actually kind of is all about the user journey uh, from one place to another. So that's what we're trying to do at the moment. That's our kind of more grown-up version of Dicky Birds these days. Very cool. I've got uh, a lot of places I want to go here. Uh, let's start <laughs> off with uh, why, uh, what, 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 what brought you to deciding to take two and a half years, putting your agency on hold, I mean, in a way, I don't. I don't know what that means. I mean, does that mean the the partnership split up and it was like this might never come back together, or did you guys agree that you were going to come back in in two and a half years? Uh, you know, I, I almost feel like you had like a marriage, and then you both agreed that you were going to keep the marriage legally, but you're going to now live in different houses or something. <laughs> like, what what brought you to the point of actually putting the agency on hold? What was that situation? It's, it's it is a strange thing to to comprehend isn't it i mean it's um and actually there wasn't a it wasn't so much a decision it was more a kind of reaction so uh this is this is the kind of um what what kind of happened in a way is that much like a lot of agencies you you start and and prior to even dicky birds being together myself and peter were freelancers so we both started on our own and did our own thing and when you start this kind of journey it's kind of just you you do everything, you're doing the accounting, you're doing the web design, you're doing the development, you're doing the sales, you're doing, you're doing kind of everything. And you've generally got no kind of previous education that is specific to doing that. You've maybe, you know, I did a business degree, but it, it did help me in some ways. 
but it didn't teach me how to be an entrepreneur. It didn't teach me how to, you know, survive in that jungle, so to speak. Um, so what we did over those seven years really is we were doing quite well as a white label agency and we developed our habits around how we sell and how we, how we gain work. And it was very much kind of strategic engagement rather than any kind of real sales process. It was a lot of referral based stuff. What actually happened was we, we won um, our biggest ever contract which was at the time a cause for celebration. We had like the Rocky music on the office and stuff. It was, it was a big part. You know, and we, we basically got a project that was five, you know, five or six times the budget of our previous best budget project that we'd ever won in the past. And it actually wasn't a white label project as well. It was a direct, a direct client project. Um, what we realized later was that we probably weren't prepared for that project. Our infrastructure wasn't really there for it. And our, in fact, our whole way of thinking was white label. It was get project in, deliver project as quickly, quickly as possible, deliver that project to the client. They're happy with their client and then get on to the next one and multi, multitask as many projects as possible and, and work in that kind of way. So we found ourselves with this amazing project um, with with what we you know thought was a very healthy budget, but really what in the end it turned out that we were probably the cheapest option for a project that was probably worth something like one hundred and fifty thousand pounds, but we were kind of offering it for fifty thousand pounds. And for us, we were so excited. We you know we just put all our resource into this project. So it's probably it's probably something people have done wrong before. And then they've kind of found themselves um, <clears throat> not not taking care of their existing clients too well because you're all stuck on the the high intense projects, not because you love it, but because you've got a very demanding client, <clears throat> and you you feel that you need to you know deliver a, a lot of money's worth of project for them. So a, a series of calamities happened at that point. We um, we. We, we had to hire what we called the Dicky Bird sub team. And that was because we realized we were just couldn't deliver to our previous clients. We were just completely um, stuck delivering this one big project. We were all completely involved in it. So we, we hired a freelance team that we'd used in the past when we'd had a kind of overload of white label work and they'd been okay. And we, we got them working for us and, um, and really they weren't the core team. You know, it's not their fault uh, that they, you know, weren't as invested as we were in our own company. They were just being hired as freelancers. So we got them on board and really the quality started to dip. So the key thing that we learned and the key thing that happened was, you know, we gained this big project. We maybe should have considered how, you know, in more detail how we, how we run that project. And it was detrimental to our whole company. And in the end, what we ended up doing was getting completely stressed out, trying to cover too many bases, spread thin like butter, and you know, all just completely demoralized. Wow. I know that experience just from I mean, our our one of our core parts of our business is teaching uh, web professionals and digital agencies how to sell their first or next high value project. And a lot of time that that's, you know, taking somebody that's selling two and $3,000 projects and how to like helping them sell 10 or 15 or 20. And, yeah. and we've yeah. seen this in our community where, uh, people 
they they learn the mindset stuff, they learn the sales mechanics, they learn the process to get to that point with a customer, how to find those customers, how to actually win that deal, uh, and then some sometimes. Uh, they get a little bit, uh, we've seen it where people get maybe a little overconfident. They go from selling a 3K project is their typical project to all of a sudden they win a $40,000 deal. And um, and they maybe didn't ask themselves the question of what if we actually win this thing? Uh, what, what, what do we do, right? Uh, they just, all yeah. they thought about was there's this dollar sign and it was, it's, it's, I, I, it sounds like in your situation, Paul, where you guys were maybe blinded a little bit by that and hadn't thought past um, the contract signing to think, okay, well, what are the risks involved here? What, what do we have the capacity to do this? Uh, should we even be pursuing this business or should we be sticking to our knitting? Uh, it sounds like with you guys, I mean, going from white label work <laughs> to, uh, to direct to client work, I mean, it's a totally different relationship, which I mean, I'm sure you guys figured out pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the big mistakes we made, um, was with, well, it wasn't one of the mistakes, but one of the funny things that happened actually along the way is that our sub team, uh, we, we were still pulling in a lot of white label work. So we were doing fine with the sales. And, um, and I remember, and, but our kind of quality was going down. And that was kind of getting to me quite a lot as well. But the, the, the day that it all kind of kicked off for me personally was, um, was a day when uh, for, for, for some strange reason, we pulled in a bunch of work from the same agency and they delivered all these PSDs on the same day. And it was for very big projects as well. And so we had to do those. The, our, our lead developer in our sub team, uh, i never forget this day, sent me an email and said, hi, I've, I've got some great news. Um, thanks for sending me the um, advance on my uh, pay for, the, for these projects because I'd kind of advanced him on some, some money. And uh, he, he announced that he was going on what he called a surprise vacation. I don't even know to this day what that means. <laughs> uh, what is, <laughs> I just know that at that moment, I, was, I just realized, do you know, I feel so alone running this company in this way at this moment. I actually can't deal with this anymore. It's too, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, you, you're at that stage where you've kind of, you've kind of found yourself slightly out of your depth from what you're doing you've been a kind of jerk at home. Uh, you realize you're kind of angry about everything. It's just, and you realize that this little business that you started to do something cool is starting to, starting to destroy you. And you're kind of on your own as well in, in that experience because you're, you're the CEO, you're running the show and stuff like that. And you don't really have anyone to turn to. And that's the mistake I made that I didn't have anyone to turn to. Back in those days, I wasn't in a mastermind group. I didn't talk to other agency owners. I didn't do any social media engagement with other people within my niche. I was just someone thinking I knew how to do everything by myself and I didn't need anyone to help me with that. And that, and it took me quite a few years after that to realize, to realize that. So, um, so yeah, that was the point we decided to, well, I decided, uh, I was almost broken. Fortunately, I wasn't quite gone. And, um, and a crazy thing happened on that very day as well, which, um, which is what made me decide to, to put, it all, um, put it all, at least, well, I was, in my mind, I was shutting it down. Uh, but it turned out we were just putting it on hi- hiatus because we, we came back. Um, I mean, basically what happened was I got a, a, a parcel through the post 
and I, I was I was really in a bit of a state on this day as well. Uh, mentally, I was just really struggling with kind of everything that was going on. Our big client had us over a barrel with financial stuff because they were trying to get us to over deliver. It was crazy. But this parcel came through the post and I had no idea what it was. I opened it up and um, and it was flown by airmail from Africa. So I opened up this parcel and there was a picture frame in there. And in this picture frame was um, a picture of all these all these African kids um, in this kind of you know typical kind of shot of an African school that hasn't got any money. All the kids are wearing soccer t-shirts and stuff like that, and it was signed all around by all these different kids. And it said uh, it said thanks, Paul. We really love the website, <laughs> and I still feel emotional talking about this now. Actually, I'm struggling to talk about this. And what had actually happened was we'd done a website for a charity for free. Um, just somebody I know had said, I'm working with this African school. They've got no money. They need this. And will you do a website? And I didn't really know what it was about. I just designed it and built it. And at that moment, the contrast of, you know, my sub team letting me down over and over again, uh, clients just having me over the barrel and, you know, complaining all the time and pushing the limits. And then this website that I did for free and then getting this, frame with all these signatures and this photo in the middle and you know a personal note to me was just I just realized at that moment you know I need to change this hmm. so I decided to um to start winding it down just hearing that uh I I just totally got you know shivers down my spine hearing that story um <laughs> I, I, you know, you're going to make me emotional, man. Just thinking about, I mean, the, the, the why behind what you're doing and how easy just hearing your story and, and thinking about how easy it, it can be to lose connection to why we even got into this business to begin with, or, yeah. um, to be completely disconnected with the, people that your work is impacting even from your corporate business work your your partners your white label people to uh, i mean this was obviously a very great artifact this picture of these kids that you had never met you didn't know anything about and you didn't even think about you probably were like finally this project for this charity is done i don't have to deal with exactly. it anymore right i mean we've all kind of been in that moment and then we don't think well what you know what happens next i mean i know Sometimes when I, I used to get kind of bored, I'd go in and look at traffic data for our clients' websites. And it occurred to me, like, we, I was looking at, like, all the traffic data over, like, a month for a handful of clients. And it was like, yeah, I don't know, like a million people. And I was like, I have no idea even what, like, a million people looks like, right? Like, I don't yeah. know what this <laughs> – I don't know who these people are, right, that are all seeing our work and, you know, making an impact. And um, so, gosh, man, Paul, that's that's incredible. So, so, so when you say – in this moment, you started kind of winding this down. I mean, it sounds like you were in pretty deep. You guys had this big five-figure project that was, yep. uh, while big, grossly underbid. Um, you had this sub-team. You've got your gentleman who's taking a surprise vacation. I think in, in my book, I call that your last day of work. Um, but it was his last day of work, yeah. <laughs> So what is, like, how did you untangle this? Did you just, like, throw your your keyboard down and say, you know, I'm out, and your partner had to deal with it? Or what, what was the next step for you guys? I mean, obviously, it took you no, two and a half years no, to no, kind of come back to it. We it's It's never been... Uh, my nature to to give up. Um, I will rather suffer and just fight 
But what I realized is that at that point, it felt like it was the last fight of Dickie Birds at that time. You know, I think I just thought I need to make sure all my clients are okay. I need to finish this project. We need to get paid for that big project. We need to get paid for all the white label projects. And we need to, and we're probably going to annoy some people. Uh, but fortunately, all our clients don't talk to each other. So, <laughs> so, so in, in kind of isolation, they might just, each of them just, you know, give me a break uh, kind of thing. So we just kind of did an immense effort. Uh, we actually kind of had to almost, um, we had to really play hardball back with our, um, with our big client, which is completely not in my nature. I'm a very kind of, you know, calm, uh, calm person. I don't like, um, any kind of, you know, fight or anything like that, uh, confrontation. I just like to work with people and we get on well with them. Um, so we managed to, um, we did manage to get the money for that project and we did manage to finish it and it did extend to another part of the big project, um, which gave us some more money for the kind of stuff that we lost and we were able to kind of get back some of that money. But I was still done with that client completely. Um, in terms of the white label stuff, we just had to work nights, you know, we work nights all the time anyway, but we just had to put in a lot of, a lot of hours to make up for kind of where we, because we were already stretched anyway. Um, but what I decided at that point, and I hadn't really told anybody, um, was that I wasn't going to take on, um, I was going to start taking on a lot less work. Our sub team were all freelance based. So we didn't have to officially, you know, fire anybody or anything like that. I just decided, okay, I'm taking on lots and lots of projects because I'm worrying about putting food on the table for the rest of the sub team and my own team as well. And I just have to have a bit of a selfish attitude about it that, you know, I'm not going to be able to put food on the table for these for these guys if I'm not here. That's not going to work. So I decided I needed to kind of take care of number one. And my actual plan at that point was to wind down the business over a year, slowly, you know, take on less projects and then probably go and get some kind of what I felt at the time would be an easy way out to go and get some kind of online marketing job. Um, so I, I stopped taking on a lot of, lot more projects and I started skilling up just so that I could deliver those projects by myself, uh, with Peter as well. So the two of us were still, uh, doing some things. I think Peter got an idea that something was wrong with me at the time because he ended up, um, taking on some other side work as well in UX and UI. And that ended up being his thing for the next three years after we kind of officially shut it down. Um, but so I just basically started delivering all the projects by myself. And, you know, none of the none of the freelance sub team were, were getting any of the projects, basically. And I later in life read a book called The E-Myth Revisited. Well, at least I read half of the book. <laughs> which is which is normal for me and and i realized when i read that book that what i'd done is something called um retreating to business infancy uh so i i without any kind of strategy without any help or kind of mentoring i'd grown a business we got some clients but i hadn't really had any idea how i was doing it and i got to a point where i had had i'd kind of was caught in the headlights and I retreated back to the old days where it was just me as a freelancer, you know, Paul's web design service, <laughs> that kind of thing before it was a brand and a name. So I took it back to that. And the plan was, like I say, to, to actually just get a regular day job, which 
having been an you know an entrepreneur at that point for you know seven or eight years is is kind of a, a big deal for somebody to make that decision because you have to probably have taken some knocks to to go back to something that you left a long time ago. So that's that's what happened. We just slowly wound it down. Peter ended up getting some other work in another agency because he could see I wasn't really taking on enough projects to to um, fund us both. And then just out of a kind of natural process, I became a freelance WordPress consultant and he became a UX designer. Uh, so, and in, in, in kind of living separate, separate lives as, as such. I, uh, <clears throat> it's been close to six or seven years since I've read Emith. You'll have to catch me up here. Is is retreating yeah. to business infancy, is that a a part of the the business cycle or is that like a, a, a potential negative side effect of kind of hitting a ceiling? Like what was the what's the context there? Is that a good or a bad thing to 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 do if you find yourself in a similar situation that you were in? So it's it's generally classed as a as a very predictable thing and a very common thing, but not an ideal thing. So um, it's kind of something that a lot of people who are a web designer or a web developer or a plumber or a baker, uh, in the book, you might remember it was a baker. Um, so as kind of people who do a trade, you know, we did this thing for a company, we got very good at it, and then we decided to go and do it for ourselves. Um, it's what they class as the, the, the usual fate of a technician trying to become an entrepreneur. So you go from uh, working for someone else as a web designer, you think you can handle this all by yourself, you start your own company, you're full of energy at the beginning, you've got this entrepreneurial spirit going, you get started, you start to gain uh, clients, and then you grow. And the only way that you can see that you can grow is to hire more people the same as you. Uh, Instead of surrounding yourselves with um, somebody that complements your skill, so in the EMIF, they talk about the manager, the entrepreneur, and the technician. And what the technician normally does is hires a whole load of technicians, mm. then realizes they've got themselves into trouble, and then fires all the technicians and goes back to being one technician. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. I realized later on when I read the book, I was reading it thinking, that was, that was me. You know, uh, this, this, and the big takeout from that was that I realized that all those years I've been kind of blaming myself for it all going wrong. But actually what had just gone wrong was I just didn't have the right foundation in place to know how to grow a digital agency. And that's, and that's what I've kind of learned in the last couple of years, which has helped us reform DigiBirds in such a positive way and get some great new clients, make great traction with some good brands, uh, just because our mindset has changed over the last couple of years. You mentioned earlier uh, that you, um, you know, were kind of operating alone as an island, which I think is really common for people to have this mindset that they they must do it on their own, and they look at successful entrepreneurs and they think 
these guys are doing it or these gals are doing it. I must also be able to do this. And they, they think that people are doing it all by themselves. And the reality is, of course, that the, you know, the top players in every market uh, are all friends with each other and they're all learning from each other and they're sharing their quote unquote secrets with each other. Uh, and and they, they, they grow through doing that. And it sounds like over the last couple of years, that might be one thing that you uh, did to quote unquote do it right this time. Uh, what were some of those things that have helped you uh, to grow the agency the second time around, maybe in a little smarter way that you think our listeners could pull from? Totally. I mean, that's that's the message I want to um, share with people, to be quite honest. Uh, first of all, just to you know reiterate that this is a very common thing that can happen to people who start an agency with all the right intentions. They can find themselves in this tough spot, but then the learning outcome from that. So what I ended up doing while I was, you know, on my own being, uh, you know, Paul's web design company, um, <laughs> Paul, Paul and co, but it's just me web design company. Again, I decided to go along to my local, um, WordPress meetup. And, um, I, I just thought, you know, because I was, I was using WordPress for the last, you know, all of those years. But I actually wasn't aware that there was really a community around it. I just thought it was a free product. Um, didn't really know why it was free or who was working on it. So I went to this WordPress meetup, met some great people there. And I was kind of forced to, to then participate in social media because I realized that when you meet people in the modern world, um, emailing each other is too time-consuming for them. It's too time-consuming for me. And basically people tweet each other and they kind of send small Facebook messages to each other. And I wasn't really used to that because I'd been kind of siloed for so long. So I was forced into Facebook and forced onto Twitter in a way because I couldn't keep in touch with the people that I was meeting and continue conversations with them um, without doing that. And I had a kind of moment within the community where I realized, oh my gosh, there is so many smart people here saying smart things, being completely open, you know, the whole abundance mindset thing. And I was, I was really shocked. I just couldn't, you know, I'd been so kind of secluded in the way that I was thinking about stuff that this was just mind blowing to see other people sharing ideas, just like what you said about the, you know, some of the top people, they're sharing each other's ideas, they're grouped together, they're in private mastermind groups and stuff like that. Um, so I, I kind of just dived right into the WordPress community uh, from literally nowhere until I just thought, you know what, I just love this. I love talking to people and I'm, I'm starting to love to share my ideas. So I started to share content. I was creating videos in Loom and, you know, rather than YouTube and putting them on, um, putting them on uh, WordPress Facebook groups and Beaver Builder group and generate press groups and those kind of things. And people started saying that they liked the content that I was producing. And um, so I continued to do that. I then, you know, got invited on a couple of podcasts and stuff like that. And I was just, I couldn't believe anybody actually wanted to listen to what I had to say. What I found from creating content, and this is something that I recommend to anybody, um, is that you end up somehow becoming friends with other people who like to create content. Because in a way, I guess you've got something in common. You both like to share the things that you're learning and you also want validation for the things that you're learning so you learn something you create a video what i didn't what i don't re didn't realize at the time is that people think that when you learn something and you produce a video on youtube and share it of what you've done they think you've known that for five years <laughs> Actually, you normally have learned it that very day um so 
the amazing thing that happened was somehow I became friends uh, with some absolutely amazing people. A few of the people that have been on your podcast as well. Um, I've been through the list and, you know, some of those people are, are good friends of mine now. And those people are super smart. And we share a lot of information with each other. We share the, the good times and we definitely share the bad times of, as well and the problems and stuff like that. So masterminding, um, having mentors in different areas has just been a huge eye-opener and I, something I just completely was ignorant to for seven years. Join that community, create content, got a support network. That was the key thing, a support network, a, an entrepreneurial support network where we, could, where we could say, here's my idea for my new Dickybird thing. What do you think? And someone would quite honestly tell us it was ridiculous and we need to rethink that idea. That's not going to work. But they would also offer some constructive criticism as well. And once your ego gets over taking a kind of bashing from some, some people, um, it's cool because you respect those people. And um, so that was the mind, the mindset change. We're able to figure out what Dickie Birds or what, well, first of all, what I could be as a brand myself. And then through the kind of positiveness that I was gaining and the confidence, because all the confidence came back, you know, the, oh, I can do this. And, and as our work and the work I was doing suddenly started improving because I just wasn't so hung up on all the failures. And somehow, I think it was through the Beaver Builder connection, myself and Peter ended up uh, collaborating on a project and we absolutely loved working together again. And we'd all, I'd acquired these WordPress advanced skills and Peter was doing this UX stuff and we're like, Beaver Builder is going to bring us together again. So we <laughs> we literally just decided, we, we opened, cracked open a beer and said, should we start Dicky Birds again? And it was a unanimous yes from both of us. And we, you know, we had a, had a nice hug, a few fist bumps, and decided, you know, we would re-strategize uh, Dickie Birds, but this time we would take all the help from the community and the mastermind people and all the mentors that we could to help us all along the way, not just at the beginning, but all the way through. And that's what we've been doing, and it's been working really, really well so far. That's that's awesome. I, I love that it's, uh, you know, going into this this mastermind conversation uh, some of those other things that you brought up around sharing content and sharing ideas, teaching others uh, that, you know, a nice byproduct of that is that they view you as the expert now. Uh, and of yeah. course, that can lead to, you know, potential clients or maybe other uh, smart entrepreneurs that then, you know, become a kind of a peer to you versus somebody that's unattainable or un unreachable. And, and ultimately, that gave you a support network, which I think is uh, is crucial uh, for an entrepreneur. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, you know, there's like these highs and lows and the lows are where, uh, that where you need that. You need to have people that are able to say, Hey, I've been there before you. And here's how I got out of that situation where maybe you only see one option, like closing your business or exiting. Maybe this other entrepreneur says, Hey, there's, there's, there's this other thing that I did in your situation that maybe would be of service to you. Uh, and that that's been for myself where I've gotten a lot of value out of, out of those types of relationships. And I think that's an amazing story. I imagine you get a lot of value from all the people that you, you meet on your own program as well. You know, I know you kind of, you're giving information to them, but I imagine it comes two ways as well. And you get a lot of insights into other people's stories and that kind of thing. And that, that that's something I've, I've gained a lot because I've, I didn't realize I had something to offer to other people as well in return for all the help that they were giving me. 
but it did turn out that I did, and I did have some, you know, useful insights. And 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 I feel that you know that the journey that people like myself and I know that you know you've you've been through a kind of a process with your own agency. I think you sold your agency. Uh, I think I read or mm-hmm. heard that somewhere. And um, and the. What what does that even look like to people? How do you sell an agency? You know, and it's just people just don't. You just don't get taught this stuff in school. <laughs> There's so, probably a mergers and acquisitions chapter in one of your business books, but uh, the relevancy that it has for a small service business trying to be sold is is probably zero, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, this has been uh, so. So yes, I mean, Paul, uh, selfishly doing this show is, uh, you know, and I, I know a lot of podcast hosts and, and people that um, do this type of thing can probably also attest to this. Is uh, I get a ton out of this. I mean, I, the the people that I get to meet, it's it's uh, as if you know. I mean, I, I get to listen to the episode or listen to the guest, just like everybody else listening to this show right now, and. And I take, you know, in some cases, pages of notes that uh, that aren't just for me helping to craft the content of the program, but also for me to take away, you know, that are standing out or resonating uh, with me about my own business. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's selfishly my secret that it's it's also helping me uh, while while helping our listeners. So thanks for for bringing that up as well. I think it keeps us sane as well, doesn't it? <laughs> Creating content. I mean, I, there's a lot of people in this kind of industry that you know are. Uh, borderline ADD. Uh, I, I don't know if I am myself, but I think when you do sit down and hit record, uh, there's a kind of uh, a Zen feeling of concentration and focus that um, that you can find in that moment. It's almost kind of like meditating. You kind of hit record and create a YouTube video or whatever, and for 30 minutes, you concentrated with no distractions. <laughs> I find that a very peaceful, peaceful place to find myself, actually. Yeah. And I, I always tell people, you know, I didn't really learn how to sell at the level I probably can today before, uh, until I actually started teaching other people to do it. I had I had processes, I had systems, I had ideas. Uh, but when I was actually forced to write those down or record a video on it, it all of a sudden I was like, okay, I got to organize this a little bit better if somebody else is going to understand this this uh, this this thing that I've that I do right I, in in yeah. that process I think in creating content is something that's um, probably the biggest benefit. I mean, you know, the clicks, the views, the clients, all that's cool. But I've I've found that it's it's more about pushing yourself in your own craft than anything else. Absolutely. I remember when I was at school and in the exams, I I didn't do any revision for any of my exams. I've always been that kind of person that just wings it. And what I realized in creating content is that it's kind of like revision. You speak out or you write in a blog post or whatever, in whatever way you talk about it, the thing that you're talking about suddenly solidifies in your own mind. So if you're talking about a business process or something, you might not be quite sure that you've got it all worked out. But when you speak it out loud to other people, you, you listen to it back and you think, hang on a minute, that actually made sense. I'll put that on YouTube. <laughs> it actually made sense. So it's a kind of validation thing as well, which is always useful. Paul, this has been a fascinating story. Um, I mean, I just think hearing about the the journey that you've been on with uh, Dickie Birds uh, is, is so cool. And even pulling some of the other takeaways around developing your support network and, uh, and even sharing content and, and 
you know, kind of accidentally becoming an expert or an authority within your space. Uh, this, I've pulled a ton from this and, uh, you know, appreciate you being so open with us today. Thanks very much, Brent. Really appreciate it. Are you, uh, are you ready for a quick lightning round before we uh, close out? Absolutely. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Okay, it was probably uh, from Kim Doyle, who was previously known as the WordPress chick, but is now known as Kim Doyle. And I think her, one of she's got many useful phrases. Um, one thing she said to me once was, um, one of her mantras is, if it's not fun, she's not doing it. So that's been, that's been super useful to me because a lot of our clients have been fired in the last year through not being fun people to work with. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we only work with fun clients, but if we can see that, you know, that um, we're not enjoying the relationship and it's not kind of a, a two-way kind of beneficial thing, then we think this isn't, we don't need to do this. We'll, we'll move on. We'll part as friends, but we'll move on. So like I say, it was the, like Kim said, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. So it can be disastrous for your finances if you take it to an extreme. But um, but definitely it's there in the background to kind of remind you, um, what am I doing today? Why wasn't today a fun day? It was because of this. What, how can I fix that problem? So tomorrow is a fun day, even if that thing happens again. So that's been super useful. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I think it's, uh, is it the Goonies? Is it a Goonie never says die? Which, uh, I think that's right. I think that means that they never give up. So uh, from from my perspective, you know, I, I've i never seriously let somebody down. Um, I've always, you know, looked at the situation and thought, right, I need to deliver this thing. I need to do this thing for my family. I need to do this thing here. So I always will uh, personally, I, I think kind of giving up, giving up completely is never an option. Um, that's probably that's probably it. Goonies never a Goonie never says die. There you go. <laughs> Can you share an internet resource or a tool or app that you use in our in your business or your personal life that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah, sure. Um, any kind of it doesn't necessarily have to be a particular one, but I'll name a few. Um, use Loom, Hippo Video, um, any video sharing tool. Um, one of the big um, changes that we've done in communication is video messages to our clients. Um, and also that includes video, video messages in our sales process as well. So um, creating quick videos uh, of, of me or someone from the team um, talking to the camera saying, hi, this is, this is Paul. Thank you for inquiring to us. Um, we've taken a look at what you're doing. You know, I think it, it, that's been really, really helpful for the, for the sales level because people get to see what you look like. And if, you know, a lot of people just assume you're going to kind of be some, you know, um, hardcore, uh, hardcore kind of power dressing business person when you're just a kind of guy wearing your t-shirt and, and stuff like that. And, and suddenly people kind of feel a bit more comfortable talking to you for the first time on the phone or in person. So that's been really great video content. Um, 
for direct communication and also for training and um, support issues. So anyone has a support issue now in, in WordPress or anything like that, or how do we do this? We always just answer it with a video description. And we, not only is it good for the clients, it uses so less, so few um, brain cells in compared to trying to articulate something in words on uh, an email. In what book would you recommend and why? Okay, um, I think it's probably going to be The E-Myth. Uh, I know we've already mentioned that book earlier um, because I think it is a potential savior for... Um, for anybody who is in this kind of digital agency industry that is starting out on their own and looking to grow or finds themselves needing to grow, I think even if you listen to on on you know audiobook on Audible or something, if you listen to just the first five chapters of the E Myth, you will have such a better toolkit to go forward um, with growth. And how can our audience find out more about you? And is there anything that you have that they can check out? So you can find us at dickybirds.studio. Um, that's our website, which is currently just a one-page website. We've got other pages in the background under development. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, WP underscore Paul Lacey. And I can also be found in a whole bunch of Facebook groups, uh, which I love, including the Beaver Builder Facebook group, which is just awesome, that Generate Press Facebook group, um, the Agency Trailblazer group, and lots of other lots of other groups um, with either kind of WordPress type stuff or um, or people talking about the life uh, and of, of being an entrepreneur or a digital agency owner. Anything, anything. Any of those kind of groups, you'll find me in, in there. I need to go check out. Have you got a group? Not a public-facing group. So we have a no. private kind of mastermind-only group, but uh, not a public-facing group. That's, That's why a, I couldn't find it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe note to self. Maybe we'll think about it. But uh, right now, we're just very focused on that that uh, that community. Yeah. But uh, Paul, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. Um, definitely, we'll have some really awesome takeaways in our uh, show notes. We'll have links out to uh, the book references that you have given today, links out to your social uh, profiles as well as business. Um, you know, thank you so much for stopping by the program and sharing your story and uh, giving all the great value and uh, takeaways that you did today. Thanks, Brent. Thanks for the opportunity. You're a legend. Cheers. All right. That is our program for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming at you on how to grow your digital agency. Until then, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge is blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. 
The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. 